guys, welcome back to another week of Autastic. This is your comedian's guide to autism. I'm a comedian. My name is Kirk Smith, and my co-host. <laughs> I'm Graham K. <laughs> I love the way you said that. I am a comedian. <laughs> I, I said am a. S- <laughs> I am a robot. I comedian. am a real boy. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm Graham K. Uh, to, I'm I'm also a comedian, um, and uh, th- we both have autistic people in our lives. He's got a son. I got a bro. You know the score. Um, this is the pot. And this is a. We also today we got Jill Escher. Jill Escher's uh, making an appearance, roving reporter. So you know the the. Uh, the three dragons. That's what they call us. Ooh. Three like dragons it. of it's autism. Like the, the triad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. So uh, how are you doing, man? How it's been? A, it's been a little bit. How's your week going, man? Uh, it's going OK. I'm back in beautiful Los Angeles again, which is uh, it's always fun. You know, it's a it's a, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful place. Weather's Spanish nice. Spanish pronunciation. <laughs> Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Weather's been good. It was Father's Day two days ago, yesterday, and uh, Father's Day's hard. I I think for a lot of people, you know. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard for you for multiple reasons. Uh, this year it fell on a um, an extra sad day. It's almost cruel. Yeah, right. it was. Uh, it was uh, is that irony or is that just? I don't know how. I forget the right word for that is. But uh, yeah, learning. I don't is think it's irony. I think it's it's bad luck, um, poopy luck. <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, it's the anniversary of Lorena's death, uh, Saturday night, and so obviously I thought about that, and uh, and my my daughter sometimes, full disclosure, forgets to call me on Father's Day. <laughs> yeah, but this year she remembered. So that was nice. Oh, she did. She oh, did. thank God. I was trying unprompted. to think about how I could help you, like tell you it's going to be okay. Well, unprompted by oh. me. Maybe my mom called her and gave her a little heads up, but uh, uh, unprompted a, yeah. by me. So that was good. And, uh, you know, we had to talk about her mom, obviously. She wanted to talk about that and how she misses her mom. And, you know, it's normal. So it's been two years now since uh, Lerna passed. I called Lerna's dad. It was Father's Day, so I thought he might. You know, it's a tough day for him too. Sure. You know, his daughter's gone, obviously, and uh, he's he's um he's getting uh, dementia or Alzheimer's or um, oh, no. I, I don't know the exact difference. I should look that up, but he's losing his memory, and so that's sometimes a blessing in disguise. I feel like because yeah. you, don't, you don't remember all the pain all the time, yeah. and so not making fun of him, just. Uh, just no. yeah so it was uh it was good to talk to him he's doing he's doing good he's doing you know, he's hanging on was he 85 86 gotta be at least but uh yeah it was a it was a uh i spent the day uh alone in my uh condo uh apartment and then did uh two shows that night and a podcast so yeah very la not very fatherly <laughs> well it's a life you chose you know i uh Sort of, some of it. I'm my glad, my I'm daughter glad, moved I, away, but yeah. Sure. Well, I'm glad you weren't alone the whole day, though. So, good thing about comedy is you're out. Yeah, I was working. You know, you, sometimes the, the nighttime is the loneliest time, you know, and sometimes comedy helps because you're out at night. Sometimes, so but I've, then you get home and you're alone from midnight to four in the morning thinking, but yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm sorry, buddy. 
Um, that's probably too much of a downer for you guys. Uh, no, I will tell you, if you, gotta, you have a, a father that's living, give him a text. I don't think it's mm-hmm. too much work, work to send him a text and say, I love you, Dad. Thinking about yeah. you. Yeah, or a little call, a little ring ding. Or a call. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just got a notification that my show was canceled. Tonight, oh, so. Graham's pulling a Kirk. I'll be home alone, <laughs> staring at the mirror again, doing my set anyway. I always do a set. So. <laughs> <laughs> at home, I do it in the nude in the mirror, but uh, standing ovation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Father's Day is hard, I think, sometimes. What I did for Father's Day is I bought... Or I ordered JJ a bunch of clothes, which is, uh, I guess, it's, am I supposed to be getting any gifts from him? But obviously, he's not getting me gifts. I thought it would be nice, like, exercise and celebration of my fatherhood to buy my my son a few things. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a sale at Uniqlo. I don't know how you say it. The Japanese company. Some Uniqlo. Uniqlo. They had some retro, uh, um, what's this called? Video game t-shirts. And I thought JJ would get a kick out of little cartoon characters, Moshi and. Does he know them? Kind of, because if they if they make cartoons out of them, I think you'll like them. Although it's he's hard to predict because his favorite T-shirt is a tisk a tisk a kiss T-shirt and a uh, Def Leppard T-shirt. Those are his two favorites right now. That guy likes to rock. <laughs> does he know the bands? What is he listening to music-wise? What what are in those one dollar earphones these days? He likes a lot of Stevie Wonder, a lot of ABBA. A lot of the classics, yeah, a lot of classics. Sometimes he listens to Stevie Wonder stuff or a Abba shirt. Yeah, maybe I should look for that. It's not a bad idea. Not a bad yeah. idea, Graham. I got. I'm not full of them, but I have a couple once in a while. <laughs> oh come on! I tell everybody <laughs> you're full of it. What's oh, your? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm being. Yeah. Dad jokes Even for for Father's Day. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what's exactly. Your, what's your week in review, Ben? How's it been? Oh, it's you know pretty good. Same old. Had my birthday. Um, the Raptors won. Oh my God! The Toronto Raptors won the National Basketball Association championship. Improbable. Sometimes good things happen. Sometimes things work out. We're I'm just not supposed to be that happy. I'm not supposed to have that kind of happy things that. I have no control over happened to me and um, I, I'm just used to losing and we won. It's it just felt weird to win. Full disclosure, guys, we talked about uh, the basketball before the podcast started for probably longer than the podcast is going to last. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's no question. Um, but yeah, I don't, other than uh, being my birthday, me being older, me having no kids, me worrying about maybe when I have kids I'll be too old, and then my kids will 100% be autistic because I'll be like 45, um, and then the family line will die because uh, my only sibling has autism, and it's all up to me. Um, and Other than that, um, <coughs> the basketball thing was really good. But I, I let's let's I feel like we should have given a caveat at the heads up at the beginning. If you're feeling down, don't listen to this one. We should give them the heads. up. <laughs> <laughs> well, so maybe it's good to Too know that, now, that other people out there are. Yeah, suckers. Um, <laughs> but, you know, everything's fine. I'm, I'm just 
I, as I say that, I'm icing my foot. Um, Ooh. But that's okay. Sounds fancy. I, did, I had a long walk the other day, and my foot is very swollen because it's still broken. Well, it's not broken, broken, but, uh, you know, it's uh, healing. Should we do the – we just – I'm rambling. Can we do Let's the do interview? This. We, have a, interview? we have a special episode this week. We've got an interview, and uh, Jill Escher is our roving reporter. She, as many of you know, works in uh, – been doing some funding for some genetic research. In addition to that, she goes to a lot of these conferences, and she is kind enough to help us as a roving reporter because she gets to meet a lot of these people doing very interesting work. And, um, yeah, she we have, we have an interview this week. Do you want to set it up, Graham? You want me to set it up? I can set it up. Go um, ahead, buddy. We have uh, Abba Gupta, speaking of Abba, uh, and she is a doctor at is it Yale? I think it's Yale. Yale, uh, baby. Yep. Jill, Jill says so at the beginning anyway. It's Yale. So. But yeah, and um, she, she, you know, a childhood disintegrative disorder or CDD. We're going to learn about that in just a couple seconds. I mean, I'm not going to. We'll just we'll just let Abba take care of it because she's very smart, smarter than me. Um, yeah, just to be clear, not CBD, CDD, just to be clear. for uh, I, I said CDD. <laughs> I know, just for our stoner fans out there who get too excited mm-hmm. about, uh, ooh, mm-hmm. CBD podcast. <laughs> let's, uh, right. let's roll this. Let's roll it. Hey, everyone. Roving reporter Jill Escher here, and I'm reporting from INSAR, the International Society for Autism Research Conference, being held in Montreal, Canada. A huge gathering of autism researchers from all over the world who are studying all kinds of things, and I'm sitting here right now with Abba Gupta, uh, a physician researcher from Yale University, which is you're just a small college up in New Haven, Connecticut, somewhere. I've heard of it before. <laughs> Might have. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Dr. Gupta, thank you so much for joining us on Autastic. Sure. Um, I just attended your talk mm-hmm. here, and you talked about something called childhood disintegrated. Disintra- I can't even say it. I can Disintegrative t- disorder. That's right. <laughs> I got it the third or time. Or CDD. How about or that? Or CDD, <laughs> which is considered now a subtype of autism. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about this disorder? Sure. So it's actually a rare form of autism. Um, it's really characterized by the fact that these kids have a severe regression um, that is late onset. So most kids on the spectrum who have a history of regression lose those skills in their second year of life. Um, and these kids um, lose skills much later. So the average age of the kids we've studied um, lose skills when they're three to four years of age and even up to like eight to 10 years of age, which is quite late. Um, there's a lot of uh, debate about what regression really is or the definition of regression. Um, but it's very clear for these kids because it is of later onset and it is so severe. Yeah, well, you know, my kids, um, my da- I have two kids with nonverbal autism. Mm-hmm. My son's 20. My daughter's about to be 13. Uh-huh. Uh, my daughter regressed a little bit. She had some language yes. and then lost it, which is not that unusual no, it's in not. autism families. But this happened before she was two. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually around the time she was two. Yes. Um, and my son never acquired language. So mm-hmm. they were, I wouldn't really call them very much the regressive type, although right. there's a little bit of regression. Yes. But you see kids who are talking, yes. who are reading. You showed a video in your presentation today, which yes. was extremely heartbreaking. Because yes. it showed this boy who was three and he was gesturing he was referencing he was reading he seemed related and developing typically and then you showed him 
uh, around seven, eight and a half, and a half yeah. when he was clearly having these sort of anxiety type kind of very tantrums, agitated. very agitated and looping and looping yes. and not really socially related. And then showed him what it was. 10 11. Or 11. Yes. And he was pretty much nonverbal and um, just engaged in a repetitive, simple repetitive Rocking behavior. Back and forth. forth. Yeah. Right. So you would say, like, that's poster child for autism, yes. right? But he didn't start out that no, way. No, not at all. And um, it's heartbreaking and, and terrible to see yeah. that. It makes you wonder what is happening. Exactly. And do, you, do you have any sense? Or what is going on? Well, so the challenges with this disorder is that it is rare. Um, it's estimated to affect about one to two people per 100,000, so much less common than autism. And because the diagnosis was, su was subsumed into autism spectrum disorder, kind of lost its own entity, um, people don't recognize it as much. So there's very little work that's been done on CDD. Um, there are some case reports in the literature, but no one has really done a neurogenetic analysis, mm. meaning looking at the neurobiology and the genetics that might underlie this disorder. So we decided to do that because Yale has one of the largest cohorts of these kids in the world. Um, that has been collected for at least 20 years How now. many kids do you have? I believe my colleagues have seen at least 25 or so kids in about that many years, mm -hmm. which doesn't sound like a lot, but again, it's a rare disorder. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, So what our research group um, decided to do was to look at the genetics and neurobiology to see mm -hmm. what is, oh, sorry, <laughs> to see um, what is causing this. Okay, and let me ask you this. Now, I don't know very much about this condition, but there's a condition called PANS or PANDAS, uh -huh. Pediatric Autoimmune yes. Neuro. Mm -hmm something disorder yep, <laughs> again. Yep. Um, and that also features a an acute regression right. after typical yes. development. Uh, can you somehow ensure that your patients don't have that? Can, yeah, can so you discount that? Yes, because a lot of um, the patients that, we, uh, that come to us um, have massive medical records because people are not thinking about CDD when their kids undergo this severe regression. They're thinking infectious, right. metabolic, mitochondrial, or traumatic, or some other thing. But uh, actually, uh, as part of the definition of CDD, all of these tests turn out to be negative, and that's kind of when they come to us is because this is a diagnosis of exclusion. It's when you don't find an etiology, including infectious causes, mm -hmm. that um, they kind of come to us, you know, wondering if we can try to figure out what's going on with their child. And if their history fits what I describing, um, that's when they get diagnosed with CDD. So it's not something people think of at the top, you know. So mm -hmm. when we get these massive medical records, th you know, they're full of tests that are negative. And so there is no clear medical or environmental or psychosocial trigger, including infection. Some of the things mm -hmm. we hear about from parents are, well, my child might have had an ear infection or, you know, his grandparent died or we had a new baby come into the house. Mm -hmm. But these are things yeah. that normal kids and, you know, typically developing kids. Yeah, there couldn't possibly be a psychological explanation. No, yeah. no. So so there's no clear trigger that way. Yeah. These, these clinical tests are negative, and that's when they really do come to us um, mm -hmm to figure out, you know, what might be causing their condition, their regression. Yeah. Well, um, like with the rest of autism, there's no real treatment for it, and no. the prognosis is poor. Yes, Let's, yeah, it is. Very, very poor. Because these kids, actually, the other part, the difference um, is that they tend to be more severely affected after the regression um, mm -hmm. is over uh, compared to the average kid on the spectrum. So right. in terms of being nonverbal, mm -hmm. you know, um, significant intellectual disability. Um, and right. so, yes, they, you know, are not independent at all. So you have looked into their neurobiology. Yes. You've looked into their genetics. Yes. Are you finding anything that 
could be translated into English as opposed to science <laughs> sure. jargon. <laughs> sure. Well, I think the easiest thing for us would have been if we had found one gene that explained the whole disorder. Right. And it's just not that simple. So there yeah. are definitely a lot of um, disorders and syndromes out there that you can trace to one gene. And when you have a story like that, then you can try to figure out, well, what does this gene do in the body and try to, you know, target it with drugs, for example, um, you know, depending on how it affects the cells and the brain. But we have not been able to find that for this uh, disorder, CDD. Um, it turns out that just like the broader autism spectrum, there seems to be many genes involved. A lot of these families seem to have their own private mutations. So then it becomes more challenging for us to figure out what the story is, what the grand unifying theory is of CDD. Mm -hmm. So what we do next is we try to analyze our results um, to figure out, well, are all these genes working in concert, for example? Are they all working in some certain pathway that could explain you know, how this disorder develops? Maybe it's affecting a neurotransmitter system, for example. That mm -hmm. would be the jackpot, right? Because then you could try to develop a treatment that affects right. the neurotransmitter system. So it's not so simple yet. We've only really done a pilot study of just 15 or so families. So we really do need to replicate our results in a larger group. Yeah, it's a, it's complicated. It I'm, is. I'm very sure, you know, and um, I work in a, a field called epigenetics, uh -huh, yeah. um, which is related to genetics. It yes. has to do with how genes are expressed yes. as opposed to the sequence of DNA, right? right? Yep. And um, that would add another layer of complexity yes. to your quest. And we haven't even looked at epigenetics And you haven't even yet. looked at that no, yet. No, we've just started. Yeah. Oh, it's complex. Now, one thing that I remember reading, and this is not my area, you know, kind of like the, the, pro the progression of autism. Right. But um, in the development of autism, um, it's been hypothesized that there is a lack of what's called neural pruning. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, I've heard of that too. Okay. <laughs> so um, what happens is, and, and really every autistic listeners, you'll have to pardon my really bad translation of the science here. But as the brain is wiring up, it mm -hmm. creates lots and lots and lots and lots of connections. Right. And then in early life, a mm -hmm. lot of those connections, just like a hedge with clippers, yes. get pruned back. It's a good Yes. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I think I read that somewhere. Yeah. And then, so it gets pruned back, and so the proper connections mm -hmm. are left, and that's the improper right. connections that are you know, omitted are, right. are gone. Right. Uh, is, do you think that's a factor in CDD? It's possible. We have no idea. You still don't know. <laughs> because okay. we haven't looked at that. But mm -hmm. yes, there's a lot of ideas about that in autism in general. Mm -hmm. So there is overlap between CDD and autism, which is why it was under the spectrum to begin with. There's a lot of clinical similarities, and but we are finding some differences. So I wouldn't be surprised if something what you're talking about with the synaptic pruning is also relevant in CDD. We just don't know yet. Yeah. Well, I wish you much luck in figuring out what's behind this disorder yes. and if it could be prevented or if it could be treated. That's and our hope. Yes. Um, because there is this prolonged early normal development we're hoping to catch these kids some way if we find the biomarkers that might predict mm -hmm. you know who develops the severe regression then hopefully we can intervene because we have more time you know if they're not regressing until they're four or five or six years right. of age it gives us more time to like intervene. right and that fancy word biomarkers i just want to oh, inject yes. that could mean a number of things yes. it could mean something in the blood it could mean something yes. you find in neuroimaging exactly. it could mean something you find in like a video algorithm right. it, it could mean yes. a lot of different things but basically it means um, something that's a little bit more objective and technical than a clinical yes. impression. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So, okay. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Gupta. It was really nice meeting you and hearing your presentation yes. and having you on Autastic. Thank you very much. All right. Well, what do you think, bud? Um, I, I, I wonder if there's uh, anybody out there listening that's uh, who's 
child falls under this subsection of autism. Um, it's a really brutal one. To f- I was thinking about that. My son lost language mm-hmm. about two that he clearly had before. But to lose it at eight or ten would be yeah. even worse. That video she was talking about, about the three-year-old who was more verbal than when, the, when he was eight, is very sad. But yeah. I tell you what, if, if you learn, if you can, f- she said that now, well, the, w- the good thing is, is that they could, maybe if they could narrow down what it is, they have a larger window to catch it in, you know, and um, yeah. maybe once they find out what that is, they could maybe catch it in cases like your son. Uh, maybe. I don't know. This is kind of unrelated, but. I was thinking about this too. We talked, we talked a little about synaptic pruning that we've covered, I think two episodes ago, two mm-hmm. three episodes about that there's basically too many synapses and then your brain naturally trims them or prunes them to make less connections so that you're not overwhelmed by stimuli. I wonder just by the very definition of that, if someday there'll be a way to prune those synapses now as an adult and that there could be a chance for kids like my son to you know, have that pruned at least, hmm. uh, at least attack That's it from a, that you should angle. Tell, you should tell Jill and she could tell Abba. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, j- yeah. I'm joking, but that's a, that's a really, I think that's a good idea. I mean, possibly, I don't know, maybe. Oh, I thought you were making a serious, <laughs> I thought you were joking. I thought you were serious. Um, yeah, I don't know. How, I don't, I'm obviously I not a scientist. We almost named this Two Idiots I, Guide to Autism, but. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. I guarantee ahead, Abba Gupta has thought of that scenario or yeah yeah. i'm not uh uh they're obviously not there yet but i was thinking futuristic like what will be available you know sometime from now because remember we did an episode about yeah a light being shined into people's eyes and it rewiring things as it relates to yeah. epilepsy i believe it was you remember that mm-hmm. vaguely a hundred uh, episodes ago yeah yeah but something like that makes me think of that hmm. well i think we did interesting. it interesting I think we did it. It's uh, been lovely talking to you, buddy, and I'm sorry that you are having a rough couple days. Um, you, it's I all right. You, you'll feel better. You always do. You're very strong. Um, you're a great <coughs> dad, and you're doing all you can. You are a great dad. I mostly you do. You do. I mostly do this podcast, so you will tell me all these things, Graham. Well, That's basically what it is. It's a Kirk Smith encouragement podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just need someone to talk basketball with. Um, but anyway, you are a great dad. I'm at Instagram, K on Instagram. He's at uh, Kirk Smith Comedy. And uh, why don't you uh, like us on Facebook? We're autastic. You know what? You know, be a be a friend, be a pal on Facebook. And um, why don't you do do us a huge favor? Uh, you can donate at um, Patreon.com/slash/autastic. No, it, no, it's, yeah, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash autastic. That's it, right? Did I say that right? That's it. Okay. Add me on Instagram, guys. We appreciate all the follows and the social media stuff. Have a great week. You can do it. Good.